Today on Bridges. Your normal every day in the ebb and flow of life. When you have more questions than answers, abide in truth. Today on Bridges, we will be talking about when you have more questions than answers. So I'm so glad that all of you could join us today, and I'm glad that all of you could come out to be in the studio audience together as we open up this conversation. Because I think in honest, in real faith, we all have those moments that we just think, I don't understand this. It may be, you know, for example, a prodigal child that we've been praying about, and it just seems we keep praying and praying, and it seemingly nothing is happening. Sometimes it's that we've agreed on healing for a person, and that healing doesn't happen this side of heaven. And I know that I've thought, and I've talked with other people that think, but why? You know, we prayed and we prayed. It could be the restoration of a marriage, and we know that God's will would be that covenant would thrive, that covenant would be restored. And yet, sadly, we see that people get divorced and sometimes people that go through that divorce think, well, how come, you know, how come that didn't work out for me? How come my prayer didn't get answered uh, in the way that I thought? Or maybe a woman who's praying very hard to become pregnant and, you know, that just doesn't happen. You know, we don't always have answers. God doesn't always explain to us how and why he moves. But as we talk today about when we have more questions than answers, we're going to talk about how to trust God when we don't have those kinds of answers. Recently, I came into contact with two different moms, both of adult children. And one of the moms, her adult daughter lived just a very promiscuous lifestyle. She was involved in recreational use of drugs and uh, she was involved in, you know, this relationship with her boyfriend and she became pregnant. And when the daughter told my friend, the mom, the mom was excited about the baby because you all, a baby is always a blessing. But the daughter, the daughter didn't feel that way. The daughter didn't want the baby. And so the parents prayed and they're like, we will adopt the baby. We will care for the baby. We will help you. We will do whatever. And instead, the daughter chose to abort the pregnancy. And then I came into contact with another mom who her daughter is a Christian girl, married, loves her husband. They love each other. They're both working. They're saving their money. Like they're doing all the things and they desperately want a baby. And after 10 years, there's still no baby. You know, they're, they're in infertility clinics. They're dealing with all of that. And, you know, in our logical minds, if we look at two moms of adult children and one daughter desperately wants to become pregnant and that prayer hasn't been answered yet, and I say yet because it could still be answered, I believe that we can be like Abraham and hope against hope and pray and believe. And how long do you keep praying? You keep praying until God says to stop praying about it. And you look at that situation, you look at the other mom who prayed so hard because she would have been willing to care for her grandbaby. She would have been willing to adopt the baby and to become a mother again, which is a huge sacrifice. And yet that didn't happen. So 
what I want us to see is that when we're in those situations where we have questions like, but God, it would be so easy for you to give the married daughter a baby. It would be so easy for you to heal that person or to bring that prodigal home. And what I want to say is that what we have to do is rather than try to answer those questions is to start with the truth. So look with me at Psalm 100 and verse 5, and I'll read out of the New Living Translation. It says there, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues to each generation. And so we start with the truth that God is good, that he has unfailing love toward all of us, toward his children. And so even if we don't see those prayers answered as we pray them or immediately when we pray them, instead of saying, but God, I have more questions than answers. God, why? Start with the truth that God is good. You all, God is always good and he is only faithful. And when we begin to declare those words and start with that truth, it's not that he answers us always by saying, well, X, Y, Z, this is why this happened. It's that we begin to experience his presence. We begin to experience that relationship afresh and anew. And we can stand there and say, you know what? Even though I have more questions than answers, my God is good and he is only good. And in Psalm 135.3, it says, praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Celebrate his lovely name with music. You all, there's nothing like getting in your prayer closet with some good Holy Ghost music and just begin to sing and to declare his praises. And the Bible talks about that as a sacrifice of praise. And you all, because our Heavenly Father is good, he knows that it takes sacrifice. When we're in the waiting for that prodigal, when we are in the waiting because a, a young woman wants to become pregnant, when we are in the waiting for a job, he knows that what we're thinking is, but God, I just want to know if I got that job. Isn't that the worst thing? You know, you're putting yourself out there, you're going for these interviews, and they tell you, you know, we're going to have a decision by Monday or Tuesday. We'll call you either way. And then Monday comes, and then Tuesday comes. And, you know, you're still hanging on by a thread and a prayer, right? And you're thinking, well, you know, maybe they're just busy. Maybe they're going to call. Maybe this is going to happen. You, you all, that's a trial. And because we need money to live, that, that's another trial in and of itself. It's like not only do I want to get that job, not only do we want that affirmation that we put our skills out there and have somebody hire us, but just that waiting part. And what I want to say is when we have more questions than answers, and I want to say this too, all of life is different for all of us. Just because it's not a huge big thing to everybody doesn't mean that God doesn't understand that it's not a huge big thing to us. For a person who's gainfully employed or has a really big nest egg, waiting on a report on whether you got a job or not, to them, that may not be a big deal. But you guys, our God is so good, he knows when it's a big deal. So when we have more questions than answers, start with God's truth. And I want to share this scripture with you also out of Psalm 138 and verse 8. 
is this is a verse to stand on. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. Make that personal. For my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me. You made me. Think about that verse. It is us reminding ourselves that the Lord is going to work out his plans for our lives. And let me share this with you, even in the midst of a big trial, even in the midst of a lot of questions, perhaps in the midst of a lot of uncertainty, perhaps in the midst of a lot of darkness, maybe a lot of naysayers. Because, you know, sometimes, guys, people chime in on things that aren't any of their business. And they want to share with us what I call OPO, other people's opinions. And sometimes I want to tell people, look, the book of second opinions is not in the Bible. So I don't want to be listening to that. The Lord will work his plans out for my life. The Lord will work his plans out for your life. And he doesn't need anybody else's agreement or necessarily that they say it's okay. It's good to have the agreement of good, trusted friends. But you all, even without that agreement, God is still going to fulfill his plans. Okay, and even though the devil is a lying, thieving weasel, he could not tell the truth if he wanted to. I mean, he's the father of lies, so he's not going to tell you the truth if he wanted to. And trust me, he doesn't want to tell the truth. So even with the devil and with all of those plans and with spiritual warfare, and I believe in all of that, but I also believe that we can take our authority in Christ And when there are more questions than answers, we can say the Lord will work out his plans for my life because his faithful love endures forever. Like he's not going to ever let go of us. He doesn't like just hold on for 10 years and then say, okay, Monica Schmelter, you messed up really bad. And so now I'm giving up. He's not going to say, well, Monica Schmelter, you didn't quote the right verse at the right time. He's not going to say, well, you got tired and you forgot to pray or you put yourself in front of this. You all, we all do that. That's why we need the blood of Jesus, right? None of us bring perfection to the table. Only he brings perfection and his faithful love holds on forever. And when we say that, don't abandon me because you made me, we are reminding ourselves that he is our creator. He already knows he made us. He already knows he's not going to abandon us. He gives us his word so that when we are in these situations and so that when we have a lot of questions coming at us, like, why, God? How come they got their prayer answered? How come they prayed for 10 years and their prodigal came home? How come I've been waiting for X, Y, Z years to get married? I mean, she's not even that nice of a person. Now she's got herself a husband. You know we think these things, right? We think these things. I went to church more frequently. I gave more money. I volunteered. And what? I just want to say when, we, when, when you have more questions than answers, and you all, there are areas in my life that are the same way as well. I don't always know, but what I do know is that I can trust him. What I do know is that when my mind starts to get confused or when my emotions want to take over, I start with truth. 
I start with truth, and that truth is that God is only good and that he is always faithful and that he is going to fulfill his plans for my life. He is going to fulfill his plans for your life because he is no respecter of persons. His word says that whosoever comes to him, he will in no wise cast out. Isn't that good news? Like no one comes to God and says, here I am. I messed up, help me. And God says, "Mm -mm, no help for you. I helped you last week. I helped you last year. My helper is all helped out. He does not say that. Thank you, Jesus, right? He does not say that. And the next thing, when you have more questions than answers, start with the truth, but then abide in truth. Because you all, as soon as we start with the truth, I promise you circumstances, toil, trouble, stuff will come to make us forget what we know. Does that ever happen to you? Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not alone. Because sometimes like I'll get up like and I'll be like mighty warrior of God, right? I'm standing firm, I'm standing strong. Like I am not gonna get off my confession of faith. And you know, it can be a car cuts in front of me. Can be somebody sends me a mean message on Facebook. And it can be a large issue. But we forget where we started. (laughs) So get back and start with that truth and then abide in the truth. I'm going to read John 15, 5 out of the New Living Translation. This is Jesus speaking. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, and that's Jesus speaking, you can do nothing. So we start with the truth when we have more questions than answers, knowing that he's never going to leave us, he's never going to forsake us. And he teaches us in his word that we are to abide. So abiding takes us out of the realm of just Sunday church attendance or whatever day that we go, right? Because if you just read it when you go or have the pastor read it to you, I promise you, you have started with the truth, but the abiding thing is not going to happen. And then the waves of life, the storms of life, like all that stuff just washes away everything that we heard. So Jesus tells us how to avoid that. He says, abide in truth. He tells us, apart from him, we can do nothing. This means that all of our feeble attempts to figure it out, to figure out the whys, have you ever gotten answers? Sometimes I have to write that down for myself. Okay, so I tried this last week and it didn't work. So let's get on with the abiding. And abiding is remaining. Sometimes, you all, it's not about doing this, that, and the other thing. Sometimes it's listening to the Holy Spirit to be still and abide. Now, sometimes abiding can be if God tells you to do certain things, by all means do those. It's about, it's not a formula. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ being led and fueled by the Holy Spirit. And you all, it's not a math equation, and I'm good because I'm not a math major. Do you know what I'm saying? It'd be hard. 
I only answered two plus two is four because that was the right answer. I'm not sure that I like ever really felt like it would always be two plus two is four. I thought there, there might be an exception. Sometimes I know mathematicians say, no, that's not right. I'm just saying logic does not work. There is not a formula to serving God. Remaining, abiding is about that relationship. And find ways to help yourself abide. For example, if you're working a full-time 40-hour-a-week job, maybe it's your lunch break that you take just a moment, put a scripture on your phone, and abide. Look at it. Meditate on it. Don't let it go. When the Bible speaks of praying without ceasing, that's abiding. We don't always have the time to go in the prayer closet and stay for four hours. It's good when we can. I love that. But sometimes I have laundry to do. Do you all ever have laundry? I have to drive to work, and that's a commute, right? That takes time. So he gives us the answer. He knows we can't always go away on a retreat. We can't always go away for a week. So he tells us, look, in your normal every day, in the ebb and flow of life, when you have more questions than answers, abide in truth. I talked to so many people who would say to me, and I, my goodness, have I ever thought it before? What should I do? Well, you know, if it's about somebody else, there might not be anything we can do. Does that make sense? Because we can't make anybody do anything. So we can pray for them, right? We can speak the truth in love to them, right? But we can't really change their mind. So there is nothing to do but abide and trust. And believe his word that says the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. So when that whisper of doubt comes and says, oh, no, that's that's not you. You have been in this situation forever, and that's the way it's always going to be. You tell that voice to shut up and say the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much, which just means makes a difference. You start saying, you know what? I have more questions than answers. However, I start with God's truth and I abide in God's truth and I am not giving up. His word says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will stand forever. His word says that he watches over his word to perform it. You all, he's watching. He's watching. And, you know, people have tried to convince us that he's watching to catch us do something wrong. And that's not at all what the Bible says. It says that his eyes rove over all of the earth to find one whose heart is perfect. Perfect meaning whose heart is set on him. So he's looking for us to start with the truth. And he's looking for us to abide in the truth because he knows what a sacrifice that it is for us. He knows that it takes faith not to solve our problems on our own or try to, right? Not to manipulate to get stuff done. Because here's the thing. Anything that we manipulate to get done, we got to keep manipulating it to keep it done. And so I don't know if you guys have discovered this, but I found out I'm really bad at it. I don't ever get the results I want. And I usually end up mad at myself and other people because it's like, like, look, I've been overthinking this for you. <laughs> and they don't appreciate it. 
because they don't need my overthinking and they don't need my opinions and they don't know this is what you need to do if they haven't asked me. I'm to start with the truth. I'm to abide in the truth. And you know, you all, when we're in really painful situations, when I talked about the two moms with their daughters, and I don't have a daughter, but I would imagine that if I had a daughter that came to me that was struggling with an unplanned pregnancy, if she told me that she was going to have an abortion and that was outside of my control, I can tell you I would be heartbroken. Nothing in me would not love her. I would love her, but I would be disappointed and I would be shattered about the life that we could have had, the blessing of a child in our family. And even if she had wanted to adopt, give up her adoption or something, at least that the baby, you know, I would just be shattered. And here's what happens sometimes. We, instead of abiding in his truth, we're led by our emotions. We cannot let our emotions lead us. They take us nowhere good. But we have emotions, and emotions are gift from God. So what we do is we acknowledge our emotions, but we abide in his truth, and there's a difference. We can acknowledge to God, God, this is painful, and I am hurting. And we can say to God, I know that this is why your word says that you are close to the brokenhearted, that you are close to those who are crushed in spirit. I know, God, that your word says that you will never put a, throw away a broken reed or a smoking flex. His word promises that he's close to us in all seasons of our lives. But if we are really struggling emotionally and if things are really painful, take heart. Acknowledge those emo emotions. They exist for a reason. Emotions tell us that something is wrong. Sometimes when we have that anger, it's to tell us we need to make some adjustments in our life or in our relationship. When we're really sad, you know, it's an indicator that something has gone wrong. Something is broken, and it might be a relationship. It might be a poor financial decision. It might be somebody else's poor decision. I don't think it's helpful to pretend like we don't have emotions. I don't think it's helpful to go around, I'm okay. I'm okay. Now, can we tell all of our problems to everybody? No. But we need to find a few people that we can trust. And we need to acknowledge our emotions. And I say to God, look, I'm absolutely in pain. I am brokenhearted. I need your help. And I've put up on the website some tools and resources to help when we have uh, more questions and answers. So if you're watching today, if you want to go to the website, there will be a beauty break that will talk about abiding in the truth and how to do that when we're in a very painful season, when we have more questions and answers. And then also in those seasons, we need to live the truth. And you all, this is like, this is one of the most important parts, especially when we're really struggling. We know that God is good. We're abiding in his truth, but then we have to live the truth. Here's what he says in John 14, 5. If you love me, obey my commandments. 
Here's what James 1, starting in verse 22, says. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So the blessing is in the obedience. You all, and this can be the hardest part. Because sometimes we're struggling in painful seasons, and the obedience part may be being honest to a prodigal or with a prodigal, may be being upfront in a situation, in a relationship. It may mean being a better steward of our finances. But whatever God has said to us, whatever we know, we need to obey it. So if you don't know what it is, look at what you know to do and obey that. We can't always figure out all of our problems in one fell swoop, but whatever you know to obey, obey. For example, with the two moms that I told you about, the one whose daughter elected to have an abortion and the one whose daughter has not yet become pregnant, both moms continue to declare God's goodness. Both moms love their daughters unconditionally. The one mom whose daughter had the abortion, she looked her daughter very lovingly and firmly in the eye and said, you know that what you did is wrong. I will always love you, but you need to repent. And you all, that is the most loving and kind thing that any of us can do, and it cost a price. Obedience cost us something so when we have more questions than answers we start with the truth we abide in the truth and we live the truth and if you're thinking but I don't know what to do obey what you know because here's the thing once we start obeying what we know God will show us more but if we keep standing there saying well I don't know I don't know I'm just in the crisis I don't know I don't know clarity will not come Obey what you know. Do what you know is the next right thing. And always remember that when we have more questions than answer, live in his truth by faith. We all will have questions until the other side of heaven. Now, I don't know when we get to heaven if we're going to care about the questions. Because I've, I've heard people say, well, I'm going to ask God about this, and I'm going to ask God about that. Well, we might, but I'm thinking not, Right? Because his word says the Lamb of God lights the whole city. There'll be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears, no more death, because the old order of things has passed away. So I'm thinking we won't have any questions. But if we do, we'll go ahead and, you know, it'll be okay. But on this side of heaven, we're always going to have questions. But I want to encourage you in those moments when you have more questions than answers, put your faith in God and live the truth unashamedly.
You can purchase a copy of today's show for $15. Call us at 615-754-0039 or send a check to the address on your screen. Be sure to mention the program number. Log on to www.ctntv.org where you can make a prayer request, view our program guide, see who's on bridges, or even watch one of Monica's latest teachings. Log on to www.ctntv.org. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.